0: Right, so December 28th through the 30th, Passion Conference is coming to Fort Worth. If you are between the ages of 18 to 25, you do not want to miss this. You may be wondering, what is Passion Conference? Passion Conference is a gathering of thousands of young people worshiping God, worshiping the name of Jesus under one roof, and uh, and with the some of the best communicators, some of the best Christian artists in the world. So if you want to find out a little bit more about it, look up uh, passion twenty twenty three dot com uh, the number is passion twenty twenty three dot com and uh, also if, Uh, If you want to know a little bit more, you can either text us or you can talk to me or you can talk to um, our young adults life group leaders, uh, Faith and Stephanie, and they'll give you a little bit more information. So that's December 28th through the 30th Passion Conference coming to Fort Worth. And I'm telling you, it is one of the best Christian conferences that I've ever been to. You do not want to miss it. It is for young adults, 18 to 25 and so if you want more information, you want to look it up, go to passion2023.com, uh, and I think that you will, uh, you'll find all information that you need to. All right, today's our last week for our series. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Hopefully it's added some value to you. Uh, last week on, uh, on this series, asking for a friend, and I am going to cover what I believe is the most difficult question that has been asked. And I'm going to share with you today... The most, the single most difficult verse in all of the Bible for me to apply, and so here is here is a question. It's been asked in different ways. This one is the one that has actually risen to the top, and so hopefully, you know, it's not exactly because we have so many of these, but hopefully this represents the sentiment behind many of the questions that you've asked, and here's the question that we're going to be talking about today. Why do bad things happen to God's people? Why do bad things happen to God's people and the verse if you want to follow along is James chapter 1 verse 2 James chapter 1 most difficult verse for me to apply in all of the Bible uh, James chapter 1 verse 2 often when God's people suffer they do it in silence did you know that they they isolate we, uh, when, we, when we go through pain, excruciating pain, we do it, for some reason, and I don't know why, what's the reason behind it, but we do it in silence, we do it isolated, and so what I want to do today is I want to dedicate this message to a buddy, a friend of mine, who um, is going through a really difficult time. In fact, last Sunday, and I asked him for permission to share this, and he said that it was fine. Last Sunday, uh, after the second service, I actually, before the, the second service and after, I got a few texts phone calls and somebody in person told me hey um, did you hear about so and so you need to reach out to this person and I was like no and so I called him a couple of times after the second service I texted him and he reached back he he, he uh, called me back not long after that Sunday night uh, last Sunday night and I said hey man what's up buddy what's going on I've had several people who said that like I need to reach out to you, and he said, "Pastor." And he told me that it was okay to share. He said, "Pastor, the girl that I uh, that I that I fell in love with, um, the girl that uh, I was helping her get out of a bad situation, relationally, some some violence and all of that. This girl who um, also struggled with some some mental issues, some like difficult mental health struggles. This girl who I already had a marriage certificate. I was." like I was going to like we, we she was my fiance like we were going to do this um, she, um, she took um, a, a load, loaded gun and ended her life and um, so I want you to know that this is not like some question out in the sphere like this is something that that we're dealing with even today as I speak right now I want you to filter this message through your greatest pain okay um, I, want you to, I want you to kind of look at God's word and what God says to you today through that filter Because I really believe that there's a message, a powerful message that God wants to communicate to you And for you to be able to receive it, you have to understand that this is not just a question out there somewhere in the clouds This is something that's, that's practical and even though the Bible was written years ago This is something that will apply to you today like nothing else and so what do you, what do you do, what do you tell a friend who, who basically tells you that, right? Like, what, what do you tell a friend that's going through something that's so difficult? I just cannot imagine, I cannot imagine what, how, how painful this must be. And so what I want to do is I want to share with you what I told him, and I want to share with you, um, uh, I want to, I'm going to do my very best, To answer this question, okay, this is not an easy question to answer in 30 minutes. So before we get into the scripture, I wanna say three things real quick. Um, if you if you have a friend, uh, or if you've had a friend, or you will have, I'm sure in the future, somebody that's struggling with something that's big, something that's major, something that's um, traumatic. Um, I, I want to just three quick things. You can write them down if you would like. Th- three things to keep in mind. Number one, let's put it on the screen. Your presence and your prayers are more important than your words. Your presence. And your prayers are more important than anything you could say in that moment. Number two, God's word is more important than your understanding. God's word, it, it, it supersedes your understanding. And so in that moment, sometimes we're tempted to say, I I I understand you I feel your pain. And I know that the the heart behind it is that we wanna we we wanna show empathy, right? And like I understand, I don't think it's done with bad intentions, but that's the worst thing that you could say in a moment like this, okay? Uh, they're not going to take it well when you say those words I know how you feel I know what you're going through it's actually going to have the opposite effect if you're going to say anything other than scripture scripture is fair game okay but other than scripture, if you're going to say anything, what you should be saying is, I'm so sorry. I don't come to you with quick answers. I, I don't come to you uh, with a three-point outline. I'm not, I'm not coming with a fake response. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't imagine. I don't know how you're going through. So if you're going to say that something, say that, okay? And number three, never, this is so good, never try to make sense out of the situation while they're still in it. Never try to make sense out of this, that situation while they're st- when, when it's super fresh. Their goal in this moment, their focus needs to be to survive it, okay? Not to understand it. They, there will be a time in the future when they will understand okay they'll go back and and in retrospect they'll see how God strengthened them through that and how God did some miracles through that season that was really difficult but right now it's not the point it's not the time to say well at least they're in heaven don't say those words I know that you mean well don't say that okay don't, don't, don't try to explain it. They're in an emotional, spiritual, mental, and physical fog. They cannot see clearly, and they need time. Does that make sense? So those quick three things for you to keep in mind if you want to help somebody. Now, the question is, why do bad things happen to God's people? Let's see what God's Word has to say on this, okay? So James chapter 1, verse 2. Listen to it. Consider it pure... Help me out with that next word. Consider it pure... Joy. joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds... Okay, okay, let's, let's, let's slow down just a tad, okay? Because this, you know, when I first read this, I'm like, okay, this nah, doesn't make sense, okay? This is one of the most difficult verses to apply in all of Scripture. Okay, so I want you to think about it. Okay, consider it pure joy when you're surrounded by all kinds of trials. The the mental picture here is of a shark or sharks, basically circling its prey. You know why a shark circles its prey? It's because they're trying to get, they're trying to form a three D picture of what they're about to attack. And so when you, when you read this verse, what God is saying is consider it pure joy when you're surrounded by all kinds of attacks, when you're surrounded by all kinds of challenges and pain. Now, I don't know about you, but I consider it pure joy when I don't have stress in my life. Am I the only one that thinks like that? <laughs> I consider it pure joy when I have no pain in my life. That's when I can say, yes, thank you, Lord. I can praise you today. Praise the Lord. It's a good sunny day. I don't consider it pure joy when I'm going through difficulties, whether they're health, finances, relational. I don't consider it pure joy. And so what is the deal? You know, it's interesting when you study Scripture, you have people like paul who says oh in philippians 3 10 new king james version oh that i may know his suffering jesus suffering this is what paul prays oh that i may different translation uh english standard version oh that i may share in his suffering and i'm like what a strange request that is i mean what were you thinking paul when you're praying that now, you, you have, um, you know, Jesus telling his disciples, pick up your cross daily, Luke chapter 9, verse 16, and, and follow me. I mean, who wants to pick up an instrument of death, right? Because the, the, the cross back in the day was an executing chamber, be way before it became a symbol of hope it was not something that you would want to pick up and god if you think about it, if you fast forward after jesus says that in the garden of gethsemane when he says god if if, if you you know let this cup pass from me like and god could have stopped it in that moment but he allowed it to continue you have verses. I mean, it is all over Scripture. Psalm 119, verse 71. It was good for me to be afflicted. And so what's the deal? What's the deal? Because some of you, you've, you've dealt with pain that I, I, I look at you, and I know the stories, and I just don't know how you, I mean, how you show up, and you don't give up on your faith, and you don't give up on your God. And you're, you're, to be honest, you're an inspiration to me when I hear the stories. And so there's things that you go through that's excruciating pain. And so how and why should I consider my trials to be pure joy? It's a good question to ask. Seems kind of like an oxymoron. Well, let's look at what verse 3 says. Let's keep going. Consider a pure joy when you face trials. Verse 3. Watch this. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance in other words your faith is being tested it's probably one of the best illustrations that I've heard is of the the silversmith Um, back in the day and I don't know what they do nowadays but back in the day when a silversmith wanted to Um, Purify his gold Wanted to make sure His silver Not gold uh, His silver He would What he would do Is he would take the silver He would put it Into this pot And he would heat it up All the way until it, it actually melted. And the impurities would rise to the top. And that silversmith, what he would do is he would take a scoop and he would scoop out all the impurities. Let it cool down. Then he would heat it up again. And this time, more impurities would rise to the top. It was less than the first time. But he would once again take a scoop and then just remove the impurities. He would do this over and over and over until basically he felt like he had like like silver that was pure silver and the only way for him to tell whether it was pure or not the only way for him to test that silver was to look down and see his own reflection that's the only way that he could find out if the if the silver was pure and so when he could see his reflection he knew that that silver had been tested that it was that it was pure. And that's what God does when he allows trials into your life. When you go through moments that are difficult. When, when God allows you to go through the fire for the hard time. What happens is all of the junk in your life rises to the top. All of this sin, all of the ugly part of you. When you're, when you're being put to the test. When you're under fire. All of that junk Rises to the top. This is when you're tempted to ri- raise your, you know, your fist and, and blame God for what's happened to you, and, and it happens to all of us. Okay, you might know, like, how do you know, Pastor Alex? Because it's happened to me. This is when you're tempted to question God. You question His existence. You doubt His character. This is when you, you, you know, all of the. This is when you run to sin to seek some sort of pleasure. This is when you question God and you say, you know, why are you doing this to me? Are you even there? Are you even listening? And in those moments, it's really hard to live a holy life because you and I, we say, if you're going to do this to me, then what's the point, right? If you're going to allow this to happen in my life, then and we're tempted, and you you know you fill in the blank however you choose. And God says in His scripture in the in the Bible, He says over and over and over, He says that if you and I, if we just resist that temptation, that what God does is like the silver when the when the old, those impurities rise to the top, He will remove all of that, and He purifies you. And all of a sudden, you, like the silver, become a reflection of God. And so, when when Paul prays, Oh, that I may know the fellowship of his suffering, I only quoted half of the verse. The second half is, Oh, that I may know the power of the resurrection. And so Paul understands that I cannot fully experience the power of the resurrection unless I understand the suffering of the cross. There is no resurrection without crucifixion. And so, yes, God could, when Jesus says, God, if you would, let this cup pass for me, God could, our Heavenly Father, He could have stopped it right in that moment. He's God, He can do anything He wants to do, but He allowed it. To continue, because he knew what would come afterwards. It's the thing, think of it this way. It's the thing that opposes me in the weight room that helps me build muscle, right? What, what, what's it called? Um, when you do those lo- long uh, resistance training, you know, like when you do those, those uh, bungee cord and you kind of, you know, like I don't need the weight to cooperate with me. I need the weight to resist me. And in life, it's the same way. When life resists you, you get stronger, you get wiser. Now, Jesus, of course, is a perfect model of this for us. He says, he didn't want to go to the cross, but he he said, your will be done, not mine. And so in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, God's word tells us what we should all do. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The author, look at that next word. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Help me out. The author and what? And perfecter of our faith. That word is gonna come out later. That word means to mature. That, 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 that word means to um, complete. He's the one that completes and matures our faith, okay? And so God's word tells us let us fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the perfect model of this, of dealing with pain. And, and it says, the author and perfecter of our faith, who watch this, for the joy, there's our word that we're looking at today, right? From James chapter 1, verse 2, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and all of its shame. Why? Because he knew what came right after it. And it says, and he said, after all of that, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus understands that God's sovereign, and God knows better than than you. And I And so if I break my arm Let's just say I break my arm Or my, my finger That's the only thing I've broken in my life my, Just my finger My little finger um, uh, You know what do I do I go to the doctor You know maybe they, they put it back in place Put a cast on it Right if I, if I hurt my leg, scrape my leg or something, what do I do? I go home and I pour something, maybe put a bandit over it, whatever. Hurt my back, maybe I have Leah give me a back massage or something. Give me some Advil, you know. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but what do you do when you have a broken heart? What do you take? Right? What do you do when it just doesn't seem to be fair what you're going through? And here's what you have to understand because this maybe this message has nothing like it doesn't really apply to you in any way, and I'm just telling you nobody makes it through this life without pain. So please take some notes. Cuz whether you like it or not, pain is coming. Jesus promised us. He says in this world you will have trouble it's a promise not that I want to quote it all the time, but it is a promise in this world, you will have pain, you will have troubles. by the way, let me say this, this is really important um, your Your suffering is not always linked to your past mistakes because often what we think is like, man, what did I do to deserve this? Sometimes even church people ask that question, okay, which i can't even imagine why anybody would ever ask somebody that's in the middle of it, that question, what do you do to do, you know, um, but you're, you know, sometimes it is, sometimes it's a consequence of your sin, sometimes you pay the consequences of bad, bad actions, okay, I get it, but it's not, your suffering is not always linked to the, the past mistakes, Job, for example, the Bible says, Job was afflicted, and yet he was a righteous man, yet he was afflicted. And so I don't know how this message relates to you. Maybe when we were uh, dealing with COVID a couple of years ago, maybe you lost a loved one and um, you couldn't hold her hand. They wouldn't let you in the hospital. And, and that's, been, that's been something that you're still recovering from. Maybe you've been through a divorce and it was ugly and it was, it was hurtful and it was painful. And, uh, and you're dealing with that pain. Maybe you you have a child that you pour all of your energy into, all of your time, everything that you know how to do, and that child just turned on you, and broke your heart. I don't know how this message relates. Maybe you started a business and it, it started going, and it was like it was making you, you know, it was profitable, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, the thing just kind of fell apart, and you're like, what in the world? You see, pain touches all of us regardless like I heard this phrase and I think that it was so good you don't have to be poor to understand pain it reaches all of us whether you're a democrat or you're we, talk, we talked about politics last week or you're a um, republican whether you're a baptist or pentecostal whether you're white or black pain comes to all of us now the beautiful thing if you study scripture it's not forever it doesn't stay forever that's a, that's a good thing, but when you are when you not in, not right in the middle of the pain, I already mentioned that early on. But when when you get past the sur- surviving phase, the, one of the things that you should do is ask these two questions, Lord. What can I learn from this? Okay, it's a good question to ask, Lord. What can I learn? And the second one is, what important tasks do you have for me that you allow me to survive this situation? it's a great question God I've made it it's been a year it's been two years okay I'm alive I'm here definitely not where I was a couple of years ago I'm still healing but God I'm, I'm alive what important task do you have for me that you've allowed me to survive this situation it's a great question to ask so let's, let's finish up with the, the last verse and it's gonna, I'm going to bring it all together here When, I want you to think of it this way uh, I want you to think of it As a pressure washer Have you ever seen a pressure washer In my office if you go right now into my office I have a pressure washer I brought it here probably a month ago And I was trying to pressure wash some areas um, uh, In the church and, and here's what I want you to, to know God is in the business of turning Pressure into power It's like a pressure washer Like pressure washer what does it do it takes the water from the spigot right puts it into a a a chamber in there and does its thing and then it comes out and that thing is so powerful that if i'm not careful man it'll you know it'll rip through your skin okay that's what god does he takes he takes the pressure that you've been through in your life and he turns it into power for his kingdom God takes the mistakes of your life and he turns them into wisdom. The things that, man, that was brutal. How how did I do that? What was I thinking? He takes that and he says, okay, I'm gonna give you some wisdom because of what you learned. If you don't give up on him, right? If you don't lose faith. And so it says, let's kind of get into it. Consider it pure joy when you face, when you're surrounded with all these kinds of trials because the testing of your faith produces perseverance verse 4 we'll close with this one let perseverance finish its work so that you may be watch, watch this don't miss it okay if you don't get anything else get this one let perseverance finish its work so that you may be what mature and complete it's the same word that we looked at earlier in Hebrews where it says he's the author and the perfecter of our faith right Let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Have you ever met an older couple, and and they were like, like, they're believers, and they've been believers for a while, and you met them, and you said, man, there's just something special about this couple. Have you ever met somebody like like that's old in age and and they're, they're like you just walk with them for a few minutes and, and you talk to them or maybe the way they pray, I don't know. But you you look at them and it is there's just like there's just death there. And they just did not, you know, they lived a life together and they've there is just like they've Man, they've fought huge battles, whether physical, financial, spiritual. They never gave up. And you look at them and you walk with them, you talk to them for a couple of minutes, and you feel like you've just spent time with Jesus. Have you ever met somebody like that? It's kind of the idea here. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Now, the question, the question for you and for me is this Is there a desire in your life to be mature? And complete. Is there a, a desire in your life for Jesus to be the perfecter of your faith? Because God's concern about how you're gonna end the race. God's main concern is how you're gonna how you're gonna be at the end of your life. How you're gonna finish the race. It's kind of like this, kind of wrapping things up. Have you ever baked a cake? Anybody Baked the cake? Raise your hand all over the place. Okay, awesome. This is gonna this is gonna work, I think. Okay. Uh, what um it would be a bad day if you guys have not baked a cake um, because of this question. What ingredients do you use to um, to bake a cake? Yeah, just kind of say them out loud. Yeah. Flour, cake. eggs, butter, sugar, sugar yes. Bacon powder, thank you so much. Now, <laughs> <laughs> best part, cake mix, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... That's how I do my cakes. <laughs> um, what, what, if, what if I took a spoon of flour, I'm going to bake this cake, and I took a spoon of flour, and I go, man, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to put this thing. It cannot this 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 cake won't turn out good if I put some, some flour in it. What what if I took have a stick of butter and I and I go, "Hmm, I wonder if I this cake needs some butter." And I suck on that for a little bit. "Hmm, I don't think this cake needs some butter. I'm going to leave that aside." <laughs> Huh? Have you ever done that? What What if I, what if I took some, some, I don't know, bacon soda? What if I crack an, an egg, a raw egg, and I just go, ah, oh, no, this isn't, it can't be put in that in a. Now, you don't do that, right? I mean, if you do that, all you would have is a bowl of sugar, right? <laughs> you don't care about that, each in the ingredient. What you care is you take the whole thing, you mix it, you put it in the oven, it comes out. A completed cake. That's what you care about. That's what you're going for. And so the same way is in your life. God's going to throw a lot of ingredients your way. And you're going to be like, Lord, don't care for this one. You know, that's not. Why are you doing this to me, God? Why are you sticking that thing in my life? I don't want it. I don't like it. doesn't make feel, does feel, it, it's not comfortable. It's not easy. And God's like, no, I got a purpose. I know what I'm doing. Because I'm concerned with the end product. I'm concerned with who you are becoming. You need some of these ingredients. I know they don't taste good. I know you don't enjoy them. But I'm creating you into something. I want you to be pure. I want you to be holy. I want you to be refined like that silversmith. Like, yeah, sometimes I let things heat up. And I know you don't like it. And I know it's not comfortable. And, 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 and all the junk, it will rise to the top. And I can cleanse it. And I can, I can take it out of your life if you let me. If you don't give up, if you don't lose your faith, yeah, I can do my work but here's the problem here's the problem church (sighs) most of us don't care to be complete most of us don't care to be holy God wants us to be holy we just want to be happy that's the honest truth if, if, I, if, I said, if I said to you guys today, let's just say Jesus comes in person today and he says, I'm going to give you two choices. Cho- choice A, for the next 12 months, you get whatever you want. Whatever you ask me, you get it. Okay, your life would be smooth. You know, whatever request you ask personally, career, family, whatever it is, like perfect. But at the end of the 12 months, you're not going to look anymore like me. You're not, you're not going to be close, closer to me than you are right now. That's the first choice. And the second choice, if he was here and he said, choice B, the next 12 months is going to be a little bit hard. You're going to face some trials. And you're going to, it's going to be painful. And you're going to be tested by Fire and you're gonna claim my promises and you're gonna hold on for dear life and at the end of the 12 months even though things are not gonna look exactly the way you want them at the end of your life you're gonna look a little bit more like my heavenly father you're gonna be a little bit closer to me and even though it's painful and it's difficult and it's not what you ask for it's gonna get you to your knees and you're gonna be desperate for me if he came and he gave you that choice. Which one would you would you want? Which one would you go with? It's a it's a hard question. I, I recognize it. If your desire is to be like Christ at any cost, then verse two makes sense. Then you can you can apply Verse two, you can consider it pure joy when you face trials because they're going to make you more like Him, and there's nothing greater than that. It may be difficult, it may be painful, but you're you're going to be clinging onto God. You're going to be clinging onto His promises, and you're going to become more mature. You're going to become more complete. That's why verse twelve says this: Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the, t- the test that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So the test you can look at the test and you can say I don't like it I don't enjoy it I'm not happy I'm not comfortable but God I have joy in the fact that I am becoming more and more like you. And I have, I have joy in the fact that my faith somehow is being matured, and I am being refined in the image of my creator. Now, if you don't get that, if you just want to be happy, it's a, if that's all you seek, then you're, you're going to miss this. Father God, we pray today that you would help us to live this out hardest verse in all of scripture for me to apply but father thank you for the reminder we cannot experience the power of the resurrection without the crucifixion God thank you for the reminder that you consider it a joyful occasion to endure the cross because of what came afterwards a relationship with you. And so thank you for being willing to be a God who models this to perfection. God, I don't know what difficulties, what pain, what excruciating circumstances our people are going through right now. But I ask that you would give us a new perspective. I ask, Lord, that our focus would not just be on just wanting and desiring to be happy but God our focus would be on being closer to you and so God I ask that you would show grace wherever grace is needed God I ask that you would challenge us wherever we need to be challenged we thank you for the reminder in Jesus name we pray amen it's all stand.